Hi there, beautiful beings. Welcome back to the Starseed Network podcast. My name is Saule Ilona Vaita, and I'm going to be guiding you on this journey of exploration and talking about our spiritual human journeys, sharing channeled messages and practical tools, and helping you expand your consciousness and appreciate this journey along with all of us. <laughs> I always do a different intro every time, so you know <laughs> anyway um today i'm gonna be talking a little bit about some of the energies coming in for april i'm recording this on april 2nd so we've got a fresh new energy coming in this is like a springtime renewal some of the themes that i feel like are coming up this month in the collective and my personal experience talking about emotional eating, habit change, and health because it really feels like we're going into this season individually and collectively of really wanting to cleanse, really wanting to purge in a lot of ways, in different ways. And for some of us, it's gonna be health-wise, some of us, it could be relationship-wise, um, living situation, home life, work, all these different areas of our lives that are ready for a change. I feel like we're having the initiative to take that leap and take that step right about now. <laughs> so a few updates as well um, for anyone interested in one-on-one -on -one spiritual guidance quantum healing sessions um, these are deep meditative integrative therapeutic sessions where we hold space explore what's coming up and what needs to be healed and addressed and go on a quantum meditative journey to retrieve those soul fragments and traumas and reunify them with your higher self so these are really beautiful deep sessions and if you want to find out more you can contact me through instagram at saulevistarseed or through my website link is in the bio and we can talk a little bit more about the process and do an intro call if you're if you're interested and dive in i also offer channeled present moment tarot readings and reiki healing so also a few exciting things coming up in the future i am going to be releasing my first ever online course it's not it's like a little bit different than online courses that you would find um I don't know. It's just, it's, a, it's my own version, you know, and it is going to be a seven week transformational journey. Um, it's the course itself is going to be very, very affordable. Seven, it's going to be seven, 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 and you receive a PDF guide and seven guided meditations along with journal prompts, introductions, different writings. We're going to be basically going on a journey to familiarize yourself with quantum healing, meet your spirit guides, connect to divine feminine, divine masculine energies, start healing your inner child and accessing that mind-body connection. Um, so you're going to go, we're going to think there's going to be a whole... <laughs> a whole journey and i'm also going to be hosting weekly group calls for the duration of the course for group support for diving into these topics a little bit deeper in person anything you want to share anything you want to learn from others it's going to be a really transformational process and it's right in time for mercury retrograde and eclipse season and just the perfect opportunity to go deeper and make
make these changes. So if you've been feeling ready to learn a little bit more about this process, if you feel stuck in any way, this is the perfect way to unblock a lot of things. So if you're interested, it's going to be coming out on May 10th and I will be hosting some lives and group meditations beforehand to talk a little bit more about it. And then the seven week weeks of calls are going to start on May 22nd. So I'm super excited about that. I'm also recording some new music that's going to be coming out soon. Um, and yeah, just super stoked on life in general. And yeah, let's dive in for today. So I'm here in Oaxaca, Mexico, and it is hot. <laughs> it's hot out. <laughs> Um, I'm about to be moving houses soon and possibly staying here a little bit more permanently, seeing how things go. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's all corresponding with this like Aries new moon energy. I feel like we're really stepping into this, this portal of fire. Like we've been in Pisces energy for a little while and very much in the feelings, in the etheric realms, astral traveling, and now we're kind of transitioning into more of this fire energy, more of this feet on the ground, moving, being passionate, doing things, taking action on what we've been maybe putting off for a little bit, anything that was kind of stagnating for a little bit in these like marshy waters, um, which is really beautiful. It's really like this simmering process of the soup, you know, it's like we have this seed, we have this dream that we're nurturing and it takes time for it to sprout. It takes time for it to emerge from the ground. So we have to honor all of that preparation time that it took and all of the time that we spent nurturing this dream and watering it and feeding it and now seeing how all of that work that we've been putting in is starting to emerge and starting to be seen in different types of ways. So this is a really beautiful time and it's this blossoming time and I feel like a lot of us collectively are starting to focus a lot more on our health. At least for me personally, I'm feeling that shift in really wanting to address some core issues that have kind of been at the basis of my relationship to food and relationship to exercise and habit change and structure and discipline in my life and what those things mean. So this is kind of kind of also be like a story time, a little bit of a more personal share, more personal episode. So I may mention a few things like binge eating, emotional eating, like eating disorders, things like that. Um, so just putting that warning out there for anyone tuning in. And I basically am sharing this with the intention of shedding light on this for myself and for others and like hoping that you guys can resonate with this on some level and at least appreciate the vulnerability of talking openly about this and feel a little bit less alone because I haven't told anyone about these things. This is gonna be very vulnerable. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm gonna start with like talking about what does health mean from the context of being a, of a spiritual being having a human experience and how does food tie into this concept of health okay so i'm just going to channel here and see what comes through from my higher self my guides 
So health for the human body means that you have a strong current of life force energy moving through all of your cells, allowing you to take part in activities with focus, with joy, with ease, feeling calm, but feeling also energized in your body on a cellular level to your muscles and tissues and bones and feeling free for the most part of aches and pains, having a strong digestion, having a lot of, in taking a lot of light through different sources like sunlight, um, prana, light-filled water, energized water, alive water, spring water, alkalizing foods, foods that contain a lot of light like fruits and vegetables, legumes, different things of the sort. Um, so when a human body is out of balance as well with its higher self, like when you are out of balance from your true nature, you will naturally feel unhealthy. You will naturally feel a sense of dis-ease because dis-ease <laughs> dis is essentially the opposite of ease. It says it in the word. So imbalances are when we stray far away from our true nature, when we choose things that we know don't make us feel good, whether it be relationships, whether it be foods, whether it be activities, conforming to a job or a society that you know cuts you off from your original source. When you're cut off from that source energy and that innate just life force and that energized presence that is all that is, you can fall into unhealthy patterns, you can fall into illness, you can experience bodily injury, weakness, weakened immune systems. And the body's health also corresponds so much to your trauma and to your emotional health on every single level. You know, for years, people have been talking about the correlation between gut health and mental health, and that is a huge part of it. So what you, it's almost like a reflection of each other. What your gut is craving is like what your soul is lacking in a way, or what your human experience is lacking. So a lot of us eat to fill a void that is created by empty space, boredom, overthinking, anxiety, habits, you know, sadness, loneliness, suppression, exhaustion, all of these different things, all these different feelings can cause us to feel cut off from our true source and our true nature and our true vitality. Also, you know, playing into someone else's game, playing into someone else's, trying to conform to someone else's idea of you. And this is what happens when you find yourself in these unhealthy habits and when you create bodily illness and toxins and inflammation in the body especially because everything that we experience is recorded in our body's memory and our body's cells so experiencing stress and fear and trauma is what can cause a lot of gut health issues so at least for me personally I after experiencing a lot of childhood and teenage trauma I had like something like celiac disease where I was very inflamed, like my gut was extremely inflamed. And I was just like, I wasn't able to process gluten or dairy. I was avoiding sugar. I got to the point where I was having just like, I was so bloated all the time. And this is still something that I'm like deal with on and off because of my own choices and habits. This is like me calling myself out as well. But you know, 
Yeah, exactly. Like I was experiencing so, so much bloating, so much inflammation. I had a lot of inflammation in my knees. Like I had knee problems. I had heavy migraines. Like I was getting sick all the time. My immune system was very poor. At least I felt that way. And I would just have these unexplainable illnesses and physical symptoms that no doctors could explain, like no doctor could rationalize or cure. Like I went to a neurologist for my migraines. They did an MRI scan. Like it got to, I would have like really bad nosebleeds and I was very stressed as well. So it was like all of these different correlations, but there was no visible cause. Like there was no visible explanation for what was the problem. And what the problem was, was that I was literally living in a state of fight or flight. <laughs> and my, I was in my sympathetic nervous system all the time, super activated, super fearful. And that does so much damage to the body. It does so much damage. Like when you regulate your nervous system and you're able to come into rest and digest, that's when your body actually recovers and the cells actually recover. And many of us don't reach that state, not even in sleep. Like even when you're sleeping, you are still regenerating and perpetuating the stress of your daily life in some ways. So it's like sometimes the only ways that we can actually consciously embed that program of rest and digest into our body is through meditation or through conscious breath work or sometimes even psychedelics like not condoning anything I'm just saying <laughs> anyway so finding that state of rest and digest is when your body actually regenerates and recovers and there are also energetic frequencies that create that state in your body fasting also allows your cells to regenerate themselves and allows the process of autophagy to happen where your undigested food gets digested and that's just one of the processes of autophagy, but basically like we have so much undigested food in our gut as well that contributes to our mental state as well because it's so linked and it's like one can affect the other just as much. So it's like when you're in a poor mental state and you have a lot of stress, you notice that maybe you eat more or you don't feel like eating at all, but your eating patterns don't feel normal or healthy. And it's really difficult to figure out what is a normal eating pattern as well if you've been living this way for years, for your whole life. And a lot of people struggle with binge eating, like me included. This is, oh, this information is for me in a lot of ways. Um, but that comes from an ultimate desire to control your environment because you feel out of control in your life which is rooted in insecurity and not being able to trust. So it's like when we feel like we don't have any control in our life and the only thing we can control is food, that is like a perfect recipe for overeating and emotional eating and binge eating and all these things and placing this feeling of security and comfort and control in what you're putting in your mouth and what you're eating, which is essentially just taking in these different compounds that are heavy on our bodies. It like it's like even it doesn't matter whether you're binge eating on like chips and cookies or like nuts and oats. Like I've been both I've been in both situations where it's like I'll even be like I'll be gluten free, sugar free, dairy free, all these things, eating vegan 
everything, but I would still like binge on like healthy food. And that's no better than binging on like cookies and ice cream. You know, it's, it's maybe it's a little bit better, but it's the same concept. Food becomes something that fills the void for something else. It's like if you feel like you're lacking in security or you're lacking in comfort or love or attention or peace, you're going to find that in food because it's a really easy drug to get your hands on, (laughs) especially sugar and sweets. It's such an easy drug to get your hands on. That's why kids can get so addicted to it especially from a young age and the consequences of starting that pattern from early on can extend deeply and far into your adult life as well. Food is a drug in that way. It's an addictive substance because it releases dopamine and these good feeling chemicals in our brain that makes us feel like, okay, like I'm doing something good. I'm nourishing myself. I I am like surviving because like on a survival level, our brains reward us for eating because it keeps keeping us alive. So Sometimes that's like the biggest dopamine rush that you get in a whole day. If you're going through a tough time in your life and you're feeling just like an absence of dopamine and serotonin from your daily routine, and then you eat something sweet and you get that spike, of course you're going to learn to rely on that. And it's going to become like the highlight of your day because it's the only thing that you feel like you can control and that it's acceptable for you to consume a lot of it because it's such a socially acceptable drug. And like sugar is like the biggest drug of all. And uh, this is from someone who has been on had such an on and off toxic relationship with sugar my whole life where I'll go through phases of like eating way too much eating none none of it like feeling my inner child being super connected to it and desiring of it and it is it is literally as addictive as cocaine it's so socially acceptable which is a scary thing because essentially everything that we eat, almost everything, at least in the United States, has added sugar that is not being, it's not, we're not aware of it. It's, it's underlying. And it's like, that's how they keep us in control through sugar, through the foods that we eat, because they naturally lower our our vibration so much that our consciousness is fearful and malleable. Like, sugar highs and lows literally alter our brain. It's like cocaine. It's a chemical substance in that way. So we become so addicted to food and to processed food and to sugar. It like stunts us. It stunts our connection to source. It stunts our connection to our intuition. And it's something that is so difficult to give up because we create an emotional bond with it in a way. It's like when you have an orgasm and you release oxytocin, you create an emotional bond with someone, whether you, whether it's a one night stand or if it's your longtime partner. And that's how it is with sugar. Like you, these foods have become personified in our culture. It's like the feeling that it gives you. It's like, oh, this feels like a warm Sunday meal with my family, or this feels like the comfort of my mother, or this feels like the fun of being with friends, or like this feels like the nostalgia of childhood, or the wildness of being a teenager. And 
we ultimately forget that this is not actually what's fueling our life force. These foods, like consuming these foods and in such amounts is not helping our life force. It's actually diminishing and decreasing our life force because of the energy that it takes to digest it. And the more processed that a food is, or, you know, meat, dairy, something fried, processed food, the more energy it takes to digest it. And gluten as well takes a lot of energy and sugar. So it's like, how do we solve this? How do we move past this societal addiction that we have to these substances? I think it's mostly by recognizing that what truly is energizing to us and what truly is comforting to us and grounding and loving and, you know, all of these delicious feelings that we get from food, what is the actual essence of that? You know, like what is truly grounding yourself in a healthy way? You know, maybe it's going outside, breathing in some fresh air, getting in the sun, because that's our ultimate life force. The sun, air, prana. And the closer that a food is to light, the more light it's going to give to us. Like especially fruits that grow in warm climates and tropical climates like mangoes, pineapples, bananas apples, papayas. I mean, apples are, is a different <laughs> one, but you know, these things, these energies as well that are so full of sunlight is what gives us the most energy and the most freshness. And so fruits, vegetables, legumes, you know, roots, root vegetables. I, I'm really not a nutritionist. So like please seek professional advice as well. Uh, I'm just speaking from my own experience here. But these things are what actually give us life force in a way. And when you get to a certain point spiritually as well, you don't need to eat as much food as before because your light body is activated and you are feeding off of universal life force in a lot of ways. You feed off of energy. Sometimes I felt so nourished from doing Reiki that I like I don't need to eat. Like it's like I feel nourished from the energy or from the energy of music or meditation or sound. It's like different things feed us like actually feed us on a soul and cellular level and if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're without food or you're fasting you realize that the deeper you go into a fast the more connected you become with source again because your body is not utilizing so much energy to digest and it's actually able to activate your higher senses that's why you know people talk about people who do like 40 day fasts and they see god and they come out a changed person that's exactly this concept is like food is kind of doing physical food is kind of doing the opposite of what we expect and advertise it to be eating food takes about 80 percent of your energy into your digestion so all of that energy that's going there is not being utilized for processes that could like activating more of your brain or activating and healing your cells or you know uh, allowing to channel more energy and high vibrational energy so it's doing the opposite effect of what we advertise it to be. 
And a lot of the times it's actually stealing our energy way more than we actually realize, especially things like sugar and gluten and caffeine that corrode our bodies with all this acidity, all these molecular structures that are foreign in a sense, like processed foods. If you look at it from an energetic perspective, not only are these foods dead, but they are chemical I'm not saying like you have to stop eating this and that. I'm not telling you how to live your life. I am no one to tell other people what to do. And I think part of my ego around being someone who ate really good food, it's like an ego construct as well of being someone who is hyper fixated on health while also trying to control themselves. It's like the opposite side of unhealthy eating patterns rather than, you know, binge eating. It's like the opposite side of it is feeling super in control of how you eat, trying to control how you eat. And that's also comes from a lack of control in, in your life. It feels like the only thing you can control is what you're eating. So you hyper fixate on that or you hyper fixate on being fit and for for what reason though it's like when you when you actually dive into what the core reason is for it that's where all the meaning comes from so if you're working out and eating healthy for the purpose of being skinny because you hate yourself or you don't like your body the way that it is that's not a healthy reason or a healthy goal and then when you achieve that weight or achieve that appearance you're going to realize that it doesn't matter and that is that's kind of what happened to me as well like I was hyper fixated on just being skinny and being fit and when I achieved that it's like after some time that whole desire of it even just went away and I was like and I lost all motivation to eat healthy and be fit because I was like I still love myself. Like I learned how to love myself on a level that went deeper than how my body looked. And then I was like, why am I doing all this stuff that I don't really want to do just to please an ego part of myself in that way? So it's it's really interesting and complicated. And I think we can also come to a balance at a certain point where we allow ourselves to enjoy our human experience to our fullest capacity, which includes food, but also not hyper fixate on the human experience, which includes food. Realizing that the true gifts and the true nourishment of life come from a place much deeper than that. And they come from true connection and presence and love. And food is meant to be enjoyed here, um, whether, you know, even if you feel like eating like chips and cookies and ice cream, like do it. Don't deprive yourself of what you want. And I think a lot of the times when we fall into these patterns of shame, because when we do something and we feel negative about it, we're just going to continue conditioning that pattern into our minds of feeling negative around that thing. And it's like the more shame that you feel around it, the more you want to do it because it's like you punish yourself by restricting from it, which makes you desire it more, which then create puts it on this pedestal. You keep fixating on the issue itself and keep perpetuating it that way. But when you heal the core wound of it, like why 
on a level, why do you feel insecure? Like, think about that. Why do you feel out of control? Like, why do you feel, I mean, it's normal to feel out of control because we don't, we have no control. <laughs> we have absolutely no control in life. And the illusion of trying to have control is what drives us insane <laughs> sometimes. And this is such a deep issue. This is something that I'm learning about more and more every day. When we accept that we don't have control and that all we can do is simply go with the flow and be and surrender, that takes such a huge weight off of our shoulders because we don't have to direct the flow. The flow is already happening. All we have to do is get in it <laughs> and just go along for the ride and float. This goes on to like everything about habit change is is very complex. And I'm definitely going to make a few more episodes about this kind of diving deeper into these topics. This is almost just like an intro and like a little overview. But what I would say as well is that food is something that is meant to be a gift to us. It's meant to be a sensory experience, just like, you know pleasure and nature and all these sleep like all of these yummy little human things which can also be extremely limiting because we fixate on the physicality of it so fixating on the physicality of our bodies on the physicality on the matter of our food is where we kind of forget like what we're truly here for and what we're truly doing. And it's absolutely okay to self-soothe. And I think we should honor that. And we have to show a lot of compassion for that because a lot of the times emotional eating is for the purpose of feeling safe and feeling grounded again. And I think the best thing that we can do if you're dealing with a, a situation like this and what I've been doing personally lately is just sending love to the whole situation sending love and working on being more present and mindful all the time. And even if I am being present and mindful and saying, okay, like I'm doing this right now, but I'm not going to feel bad about it. And I imagine myself having already overcome this issue and put it in the past. Just that knowledge of like, maybe this is something that I'm dealing with right now, but one day I'm going to be past it. Like one day, this is just going to be nothing but a memory. And I think that can apply to a lot of different scenarios that we're facing in life. But also understanding the value of the lesson. We're getting triggered in things that we're meant to share about because it'll resonate with other people and help other people. And I really feel and know that a lot of people struggle with this, especially sensitive spiritual souls, because sometimes, and this is also a very valid you know, reason or experience of emotional eating, sometimes we need to ground ourselves onto this planet through toxifying our bodies. It's like sometimes we consciously or unconsciously lower our vibration so that we can fit quote unquote or fit in and that that happens that can happen very easily through food like sometimes our vibrations are so high that we want to feel more anchored and grounded onto the planet through densifying ourselves through 
eating heavier foods so that we it's almost like it reminds me of that scene from spirited away the movie where she goes through the bridge into like this other world and then she loses her parents because they were eating so much that they turn into pigs which is really interesting there's so much in that I think I'm gonna watch that movie and think about all these themes again um but then you know afterwards when she was like running away and she was like hiding and her friend the little boy gave her like some food to eat. He was like, you need, come on, you need to eat this or you're going to disappear. That really like makes me think about, you know, the experience of being a star seed and coming to earth and like needing to eat the food of the earth so you don't disappear. And I've read this somewhere. I don't remember where. Um, and it resonates about the early Pleiadians and the early star races kind of coming to earth at first, they didn't, they didn't eat anything. They were mostly etheric. It's like when you're in the etheric realms, you don't need to eat. Like you get pure energy straight from source. Um, and it's like they ate to densify themselves so that they would stay on the planets. They would become more merged with the planet's field themselves. And it's like sometimes when we get so in our heads and our crown chakra and we're spinning out into space and we come out of it and this happens to me after I do Akashic Records healing is that I always come out of it I'm like hungry and I like need to eat something especially something heavy and grounding just to like integrate all of that ether as well because when you're so connected to the ether elements and like Vata and Ayurveda you also need to ground yourself onto the planet and you know root vegetables are great for that heavier like nuts oily heavier foods um and you know healthy oils like avocados beans beans are not oily but (laughs) i really i really recommend looking into ayurveda i've been learning a little bit about that over the past few years and it really resonates um but yeah that's just something that comes to mind as well when talking about food because there is, I really believe that, and I know that there are people out there on this planet who are so high vibrational and so connected to source that they don't eat food and they don't need to eat food. And there are some of them call like breatharians or fruitarians or, you know, just monks. Like there are many living examples and in history and in the future of people simply existing and thriving and living off of prana and yeah they're like i don't know it's like the the more that we let go of the concept of this densification that happens in our bodies every time that we eat something we too will return more and more to the ethers and more and more to the higher realms it's okay to feel like you need to ground yourself sometimes. And it's okay if that happens through food as well. But there are are also other ways to ground and ways to do it in a healthy and sustainable way. And not in an all or nothing way, which has been my experience, which I'm definitely going to share more about later as well. And this is just a little, just a little dibble dabble into different facets of this ever expanding question. Like just circling back, like food is one of the most socially acceptable addictions. And when we look at it as such and we realize it, it's like, how do you use a drug responsibly? How can we learn to do that? How can we learn to utilize 
the intrinsic life forces of ourselves and of the planet and nourish ourselves accordingly. And there are so many different ways to do that and to explore that question. And it's like, how do we truly nourish ourselves from a cellular level as well? How do we, as a whole, become more grounded in light and less densified? And I also feel like sometimes on my journey, the densification was almost on purpose because it was like this too much, too fast spiritual awakening and then feeling the need to redensify my cells and bring my body back onto the planet because I was scared or a part of me was scared of going too far. So it's a really interesting multifaceted question. And I'm going to leave you guys with that for today. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. I'm sending you all so many blessings and kisses and hugs to every corner of the world, wherever you guys are. Uh, if you're interested in signing up for the online course, watch out for that coming on May 10th. And if you feel like booking a um, private session for quantum healing or tarot reading or Reiki session, that's available through the link below. And I'm wishing you guys a beautiful, beautiful day. And so much love, so much peace, prosperity, and good, good feelings. See ya. your resistance. Speak into existence. And release your resistance. Wake up, rise up. Existence and release your existence.